Hey everyone, you're tuned into episode 33 of the Hoops Life Podcast. Cause we sitting here, I supposed to be the franchise player, and we in here talking about practice. I mean, it, listen, we talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining me on episode 33 of the Hoops Life podcast. I'm your host, Bryce. Coming up on the show today, we discuss the defending champion Raptors' hot start despite injuries, whether Anthony Davis and LeBron James are the best duo in the league after their 17-2 start, Melo's return to the NBA with the Portland Trail Blazers, and Kawhi Leonard's load management. Join me on the podcast today, we have Warren Ward. Back again yeah. for another episode. If you haven't heard Warren on the podcast before, he is a former professional basketball player who played in every country in Europe that I can think of. <laughs> France, Germany, Spain. Am I missing one? Nope. Those are the main three. Nice. And he is currently an analyst on the Hoops Talk show, which I was on Locker a few... Locker Room Talk. Locker Room Talk. Oh, that was a Hoop Talk show? No, no, Locker no. Room Talk? <laughs> Get it right, man. You were on the show, too. Get it right. I know, I know. Co-host I, of Locker Room Talk. I apologize. Thank you. Great show. Tuesday nights, 1030 right. on the TV Co app. That's right. Check it out. Thank you. It is straight fire. It is. It's good. It's really see, I had to shout you out. You see what I'm doing here? I appreciate that. we got to help each other out That's here. That's what we do, man. <laughs> so, I appreciate you jumping on the podcast today. As always. We have a lot to talk about. I want to start with, of course, my Toronto Raptors. You're so possessive. Why am I possessive? They're not yours. They're so, you're so possessive. The Raptors! But when you go through the stress <laughs> and anxiety I did, especially last year and in years previous, you know, those, those years of LeBron just destroying my hopes and dreams. That's fair. I think I've earned the right to say that they are my Toronto all right, Raptors. All right. So let's start with the Raptors a couple weeks back playing the Pelicans on the road. Kyle Lowry goes down with a fractured uh, thumb. Mm. Serge Ibaka with a uh, a severe sprain. Yeah. What were we thinking at that moment? What are the Raptors going to do? Because prior to that point, Nick Nurse's Nick Nurse was concerned about the depth of the Raptors. Right. They were playing seven to eight guys. Yeah. At the beginning of the season, and Nick Nurse openly said, "Hey, we got three spots open, and I need to see which guys are going to bring it that are going to take those spots." So, fast forward to now, the Raptors currently sit second in the East and have, and, yeah, and have been on a six-game winning streak right. without Kyle Lowry and Serge Ibaka and guys like Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, yeah. right? And others have stepped up and shown that the Raptors are for real. They are. So, the question is, as currently constructed right now, has your opinion changed on whether the Raptors are a contender now that you've seen how their bench has been playing? Um, first of all, I don't think it's... Look, when you win a championship, I don't think you uh, anyone who wins a championship is out of reach of that. I think people in the States you know, disrespect the Raptors a little too much. I think the only people who can do that are people who live here. Um, and you know, I go, like, I'll check ESPN, and I'll see that the Raptors are not even in the top 10 in terms of power rankings. That's, that's ridiculous. Let me stop you there. Can I give a shout out to Sam Mitchell and 
three D Dennis Scott who didn't even have them making the playoffs. Didn't have making playoffs. Right. Put some respect on the Raptors' name. We're <laughs> we are the defending NBA champions. Continue, sir. So then, <laughs> so then, you you know you have you have that low. But I think the Raptors players like that. I think they like being you know not the center of attention. But in terms of being a contender, the Raptors are a problem. The Raptors are going to have to, you know, they're going to be tough to deal with. But I also, this comes back to, you know, Raptors teams two, three years ago. The Raptors have been dominant in the Eastern Conference for the past six, seven seasons. And only last year did they pull through and, you know, get things done. Prior to this, like, we've seen the Raptors be in second. We've seen them be in first. You know, I don't have a doubt that they're going to win the Atlantic again this year. But will they do it in the playoffs? And I think this group has a chance for sure. I will say that. But it's not a guarantee because other teams turn it on. And other teams have those kind of players that are go-to. Now, this team is a more complete team. How Nick Nurse is going to manage bringing Lowry and Ibaka back, I think Lowry more so because of Fred and the way Fred is playing You know, with that group. Fred and Pascal have a much bigger bond than, let's say, you know, Pascal and... Um, you know your boy Kyle Lowry, so we'll see how you know how that all meshes together. But I think in terms of depth of a team, they have the right players to make a run at any at any given point. And you can see that the development of a player is way more important than you know like you know like being drafted third or second because they they are they are picking guys just like the Spurs have picked guys that are not top tier players. And then and then you know what they get to the league and they play a little bit and then you see. They're they're destroying the guys that are supposed to be good. You know what I mean. So I, I think I think the development is more important. And and as the season goes on, they're just going to keep on getting better. And, that, and that's a good point. So let's let's give a shout out to obviously the Raptors because if you if you go down the list of of the players that they've developed, first Chris Boucher was cut, not drafted, was cut by Golden State by Golden State's yeah. G League team. Okay, comes to the Raptors nine hundred five, dominates right. Comes he, up. he was cut. He was he was cut by Golden State because of his knee. But he was also on the Julie team. No, he no 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 no. He was cut by Golden State, and then and and then the Raptors picked him up. So he so he was cut by the actual team. But that's just because he was just drafted. You know, te- American teams they they don't they don't necessarily want to take any chances. The Raptors took a chance. You know, he played nine hundred five, which I saw him play every game. Incredible. And I mean, the guy is, you know, he's a walking bucket, you know, I mean, you know, like in the 905 and and he dominated with blocks and now and now he's getting his chance to play in the Raptors and he's doing well. Ten points, you know, nine rebounds. It's it's, it's impressive the last you know six games. And, and that's the thing. So you, you got someone like a Chris Boucher. Right. Norman Powell, second round pick. That's right. At 33 the that's other right. night right. against Orlando. But his time has been coming. He's developing and he's finally getting his chance to, you know, step up and play. It, it's just it's just nice to see. That when you look up and down the roster, the guys that are performing are a lot of guys that have been counted out. Terrence Davis wasn't even drafted. Matt Thomas. Pascal Siakam, second round pick. Exactly. So <laughs> Fred Van Fleet, undrafted yes, point guard. You yes. know what I mean? So yeah, let's go. Let's go. And it's going to show the same thing. You know, side note, the same thing in college basketball. You're going to see a lot of these, you know, a lot of the teams that are keeping three-year, you know, two-year, you know, four-year guys in college. They're gonna go deep in the tournament this year. Not not the teams that are just you know freshmen and done. Freshmen and done. That only happened with Kentucky one year. After that, it ain't gonna work. You're not gonna bring a bunch of you know what I mean like you know what I'm saying like a bunch of freshmen to beat out a bunch of seniors. Yeah. Same thing in the NBA. Development yeah. matters. Yeah. It does. It, it do- matters. It and does. the Raptors are proving that. Yeah. So I in terms of in terms of being a contender, answer your question. They're more than a contender. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, for me, the way I look at it, everybody wanted to crown Philly off the jump. Every, mm-hmm. They picked up Al Horford, all right? They, they, they have Josh Richardson, and everyone wanted to say this is their, this is their Eastern Conference to lose. But when I looked at it, I said, look, you just lost Jimmy Butler, the guy who was your fourth quarter bucket getter. Yeah. You lost J.J. Redick, who made Ben Simmons look a lot better than he is. <laughs> no disrespect to Ben Simmons, but when you look at a team like Philadelphia and the way that they're constructed, Ben Simmons and Embiid are not a good fit. At some point, they're going to realize that one or one of the others got to go because Embiid is a back-to-the-basket player, and all of a sudden with Ben Simmons, he needs to be out at the three-point line, and Embiid's only shooting 25% from three, right. and Ben Simmons can't shoot to save his life. He hit one shot in, in the summer, and everybody wanted to say he had a three-point shot. Inaccurate. And case in point, Raptors played Philadelphia a few nights ago, and what happened? Joel Embiid, zero points. Okay. I, I would also like to say that the man, he took 11 shots, okay? So it's not, it's not like the Raptors' defense was like crowning him and he couldn't score. He had a bad night. I think people... Now, zero points in 32 minutes, I understand that's unacceptable, but that's the game. That's the game. Like I, I'm, it, it is. And it, it, the Raptors' defense does take credit for that, but that's also the game. You, you can have bad nights. No, but it's we'll the, see what happens when they play again. No, but it's the way he was... Like, he was not missing bunnies. He was taking step-back jump shots. Yeah, and missing. Because Marcus was shut gr- him down. Yeah, of course. Of course. But it's, it's also a bad game. It's a very poor game. Marcus got Marcus is a great defender. All I know is Marcus had his number a few nights ago, and he had his last number year, in the playoffs. Last year. Yeah, he did. And he did. He's a great defender. So for me, the Raptors are right up there with Milwaukee. To me, it's the Raptors-Milwaukee right now are the top two contenders in the East, and no one's going to tell me any different. So, let's pivot. Let's talk about the Los Angeles Lakers. So, this was a team... The Kang! In his 17th year. Oh, God. We need to start putting some respect on his name. There's not enough? There's not enough on LeBron James' name? There's not enough respect? More respect. What else more do you want? I'm going to tell you, okay? Okay. Hashtag washed king. Who said that? Someone said that. People, people <laughs> in sports who say that type of stuff never played basketball. Fair. So you got the you got you got the Lakers here, as constructed. They bring in Anthony Davis, and they have all these different pieces that a lot of people just didn't know how it was going to work. Dwight Howard, no clue what was going what he was going to bring. I think he's the only he's, one. He's playing. No, no. I mean, you also had some other guys. It's all about bringing the pieces together and how it's going to fit, right? It's tough to bring a team together and be 17-2 and two like they are and just come off, come out of the, the gates blazing, right? It usually takes some time. Look at Miami when LeBron was with D. Wade and, and Chris Bosh. They were Look at the eight, Raptors. Eight, Look eight, at nine. the Raptors last year. You bring a bunch of guys that never played there before and they took off the gate running too. I don't think it's that difficult. They have training camp. They had some games. And I think I think I think when you have a guy like LeBron on your team, and Anthony Davis, and a shooter like Danny Green, and a point guard like Rondo, and an Av Bradley, and a Dwight Howard who 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 understands this is my last chance to win, so I'm gonna go out here and do what I got to do, eight and eight every night, and a Javale McGee who who's you know who's won a ring, LeBron's the coach, the GM, the president, you know what I'm saying, the the damn you know NAACP, he's running everything, so. I don't. I don't think it's that difficult and that far fetched to say that you know their chemistry is is there because he you know he is a leader. So 
Yeah, but they're also in the Western Conference. I did not see them going seventeen and two. Did you see them going seventeen and two in their first nineteen games? I didn't see the Raptors doing what they're doing either. But I mean, it, it's 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 all this is this is the sport. I didn't see Golden State being the bottom of the West, but this wow, that's you know. injury. So let's. So the question is about the Lakers. Now that we're nineteen games in, right. so almost a quarter into the season, right? Is LeBron James and Anthony Davis the best tandem in the league? Because everybody wanted to, to crown Paul George and, and Kawhi, right? No, I think people were hoping for James and, and Russ. But I, I, I mean, you know, except for you. So I, I, I don't know. I, 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 are they the best tandem in the league? Yeah, I, 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 think, I think that's fair to say. I think a, a small forward that, it, that can play multiple. Like, their pick and roll to me is, is arguably, like, you just got to, it's unguardable. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you got a guy who can pass the ball that well. You know, um, so I would say, yeah, like James and Russ is a, is a little bit different because they, you know, that's the one in the two. So they're not they're not really, you know, like like them two aren't making plays for one another. That's all one on one basketball. But in terms of LeBron and AD, like LeBron's going to get six assists at night just off of AD, just on just on a pick and roll easily. So um, I would say that they are the best tandem in the NBA, um, but there's still there's still a lot of basketball left to be played. You know? I think we need to put some respect on LeBron James' name, like I just said. I think you got to put some respect on Anthony Davis's name. Anthony Davis, here's the thing. I felt bad for him because he was with the Pelicans. He didn't get the shine that he, he needed, and he didn't have the team around him. To well, he's have. an all-star. He, he, he got the shine. He's an all-star, but it's, it's different when you have a, a formidable team that makes deep playoff runs. And you, okay. and you get to show when it matters. He's showing. He's showing now, right? And because he, he has the team around. To show. For me, this isn't the best tandem in the league. Kawhi, Paul George, no question. As much as I love LeBron, much as I respect AD, you love LeBron. You, you're infatuated would be the term. Well, I mean, <laughs> the fact that you're not denying it is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> he's in his 17th year, and he's averaging the same numbers he has in his career: 27, eight and eight. Yeah, consistency is a killer. But I still think when you look at the the entirety of basketball, which is not just offense, it's also defense, you got to give the nod to Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard is on another level. He's the best player in the NBA, in my opinion. And Paul George, he's he's not top five, but he's still top ten player in the league. Oh, Paul George. Paul George is top five in his position, and he's top he's top ten in he's top ten in the NBA. Yeah, he's definitely top five in his position. So for the Lakers, what I want to see from them coming into this year is one, they lost to my Raptors, which I wasn't all that surprised because, you know, we got a bunch of dogs. <laughs> but I'm interested to see as the season progresses yeah. and teams ramp up a little bit more, specifically teams like the Clippers, who to me, with the rest and all that and Paul George's injuries, we really haven't gotten to see the full Clippers team yet. And they only have four losses. And they only have four losses. Without the full team. That, and, and I think Kawhi is still, I think Kawhi is doing what he does best. He's just coasting and coasting until it comes time to really turn it on and get to the playoffs. And then you'll see more and more and more. The most impressive thing to me about the Lakers isn't necessarily... Anthony Davis was LeBron. I knew that they were going to be very good. It's just the the performance of the players around them. Like I mentioned, Dwight Howard is playing very, very well. Like Phenomenal. For him the past and, seven years, he's been trash. Yeah, him and JaVale McGee, you it's can like, interchange them, and they're both giving uh, you the same thing. great minutes. Right. 
There's that, and There's then Daniel Green, who who yeah. I think honestly for that guy's role, can you think of a better player for just his role? A guy who doesn't need the ball. He runs the three point line. He shoots and he plays defense. That's it. That's all he does. That's it. Can you think of someone who's better with with no ego on your team? Nobody. He could be the best in the NBA at that. And the the scary thing about the Lakers is Kuzma's not playing his his best basketball right now. He's obviously he's coming off injury. Limited touches. Limited touches. But Limited still, touches. I, I, especially with him coming off the bench more. I was hoping to see him be at the the sixteen points a game mark and just come in and just be a scorer. Not, it's not needed. He's he has limited touches and he he is the guy though that I think come you know come playoff time and you know I would say coming you know like I would say coming down the stretch he's going to be probably the the most important person outside of outside of Danny Green because he's he's the other offensive catalyst that is going to spread the floor. You know what I'm saying? For a LeBron and for an AD and for, you know, and for a Danny Green. If he does turn it up, because, again, limited touches. Like, when you play on a team with LeBron James, you ain't touching the ball that much. I don't know if you want to believe that or not, but you're not touching the ball that much. So, um, that that right there is why he's not performing and excelling as much as he can. Fair. So, let's, let's pivot and talk about a person that I'm not that fond of. Oh, God. His name is Carmelo Anthony. Right. And as everybody knows, he's been trying to get back in the NBA since last year when he was cut by the Houston Rockets. Right. And he's just been basically posting videos of him playing at Lifetime Fitness. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I'm like, what is going on here? Carmelo Anthony started like an, an NBA summer league at that Lifetime Fitness. In, he did. Was it in New York too? Yeah. Yeah, in New York. in New York. In his gym. So needless to say, Portland... Gave him a call. That's right. They were struggling to start the season. Injuries with Damian Lillard. Yeah. Yusuf Nurkic still out for yeah. them. Uh, they just lost. Uh, they lost at the beginning of the year. Um, Harkless as well as Aminu. Two staples in terms of defense and guys who can step out and hit the three. Yeah. So they bring in Carmelo Anthony. I was actually very happy to see that they brought him in. So my question to you is, does... Is Carmelo going to help that the Portland Trailblazers get over the hump? And what I mean by that is we're talking about a team that went to the conference finals last year yeah. and lost to the Golden State Warriors. No shame in that. Okay? Right. Is, well, there's shame in the fact that they got swept and they were up every every single there game. There is shame in that, yeah. no doubt. Does Carmelo take them to the next level? Okay, so here's, here's the thing about Carmelo, and, and the same thing I said on my show. Okay, Melo is... I I think he's an all-world scorer. I think the fact you know that the man has you know taken a year off and he's still finding ways to get buckets. The problem with Melo is that it's ego, and Melo even now he's been off for a year. He's hitting shots and he's you know he's banging he's banging his head. You know he's still he's still <laughs> swagging and whatnot. The the first two games that they played they lost with with Melo. He didn't win. The last two games that they played, or last three, or last three games that they played, they've won. They, I think they're streaking now. I think they have you know two three wins in a row. Three or, and three. Right. So they're winning, and the only thing I care about with Melo is, is he going to win? So does he take him over the hump? Bryce, I don't know. But I can tell you that it, it will come to fruition because that's the only thing that matters in that guy's career right now is that can he help a team like Portland win? If he does, he'll be in the NBA until he wants to retire. 
he will be in the league because another team will pick him up if Portland doesn't take him. Can he bring them over the hump? He's playing well. He's playing well right now. But it looks like the same old Melo to me. Isolate on the wing. Give him the ball. He shoots a tough jump shot. And he's looking into the crowd like I'm back. And if it's winning right now, but we'll see what you know. We'll see what happens in the future. We'll see. Okay. First off, I'm not a Carmelo hater. I'm just a realist. I'm gonna. I'm gonna not, let, let, let me. Let me just. I'm gonna start with that. Okay. And I'm gonna end with this guy is absolutely brutal on defense. <laughs> like no, no, like like so bad. I literally watch. Just I'm like defensive. I'm just gonna watch him because everyone's enamored with stats. That's all people care about. What is he averaging? 18.6 rebounds on paper. That looks great, but defensively he is horrible. Absolutely horrible. I just watch him and I'm like, bro, what are you doing? Like he's literally standing around, gets blown by. He doesn't. He doesn't help. He, he can't. St- he can't keep a guy in front of him. He's no. literally useless. So the question is: Is is he really that valuable f- for you when he can't guard anybody or help on anybody? But, the, but one thing he's going to do for Portland, he's going to put fans in the seats. Okay, and it's a good opportunity for Portland to mix things up because if they don't win, I think Dame and CJ, you know, they got to be broken up. And it, it's an it's you know look like they needed a small forward and he might have been the best available offensive player but defensively no he's terrible and as I said I think for for Melo the only thing that matters right now in that man's career is winning it's it so if it's up to him if he's gonna if he's gonna do what's necessary for you know what I'm saying for them to win then I think he'll he'll be in the NBA as long as he wants well here's the thing number one to answer the question absolutely not he's not going to get them over the hump because they're not. They're not challenged with scoring. They got two guys that can average thirty a game I know. easily, right? It's the, it's the other aspects. It's the other aspects. Like, but they're playing well. Like, yo, Hassan Whiteside. No, White no stop, well. stop, 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 stop. They, they've won three games in a row. Guess who? Two of those games were against. Oh shit, team. Chicago Bulls. Yeah, yeah. Who cares? Yeah, who cares? Team. Yeah. Like I'm, honestly, I'm, I'm, show me again. Show me uh, some consistency against some of the top tier teams because they haven't played them yet. Time will tell. Time will tell. Just the, the, and and again, all you see on you know House of Highlights is you know Meadows getting sent off to you know a standing ovation. That's all you see. It doesn't say you know who they played against. All they show is the stat line. So w- time will tell. Is Portland gonna win? Time will tell. And if he and if they don't win, then it, it'll be the same old Mellow. Well, the reality is you alluded to it earlier. Lillard, McCollum, they gotta separate because this year's not gonna work out. We'll to, to me, they're going to struggle just to get in at eighth. We'll see, right? This is a team that was third last year in the uh, in the Western Conference yeah, Finals. But they they also had a much better supporting cast than they do right now. A lot of a lot of injuries have happened on, yep. the, on that team, so yep. it's not just their fault. I don't, no, I, I don't think yeah. Dame and CJ don't work together. I think they do work together. I think they needed the same supporting cast, and I also think both of them getting paid, you know, a significant amount of money. It hurt maybe them. yeah, you know, maybe had them not trying as hard to trade in the offseason. Who knows? Well. The, the the worst move they made was bringing in Hassan Whiteside, who has a residency at Live in Miami. I'd know. Trust me. <laughs> no, seriously. What were you thinking bringing in Hassan Whiteside? That guy's well, brutal. blocking shots. No, right he's now. brutal. He's he is blocking. brutal. There's a reason that Eric Spolstra was, like, benching him. This is a guy who just got paid with them, and they were benching him in fourth quarters. There's a reason. Eric Spolstra, smart, smart coach. Portland, bad move bringing that guy in. Yes, they've dealt with injuries, specifically with Nurkic. That that injury hurts. So he's playing. You need a big man. Bigs will always be picked up in the NBA. And Hassan Whiteside was was 
you know, at one point in time, he was a good player. At one point in time. So, and they're, look, they're working with him right now. They're working with him now. So, um, no. Look, I would have preferred they go out and get Dwight Howard. You don't tell me Dwight Howard could have given them more than what. Dwight Howard's on the Lakers, bro. No, no. They could have gotten Dwight Howard. But I don't think it would have worked out the same. Because. Because, Dwight, at the, at because the time, Dwight is playing with LeBron. He's not playing with Dame. I just think Dwight Howard would have done 10 times better than what Hassan again, Whiteside's that's, given Again, that's him. opinion-based. Hassan Whiteside is working for them right now. So. Right. Well, let's pivot. Let's move on. All right. So let's talk about another team and a couple individuals I don't like. <laughs> the Houston Rockets. Oh, jeez. Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Right. So... These are two individuals that have come together, played together in OKC, and right. are now banded together. They're twelve and six right now. Yep. I said from the jump, I don't see this working. Uh, they've started off decent. I always said that they would be a decent regular season team. Your thoughts on if they're going to be a contender in the West this year? I think so. I think James Harden is that good, and I think the you know that that team itself is set up and designed. For them to do that. I, I think they will be in the mix. I doubt they're going to win. I think the same thing, you know, I think history for James Harden is going to repeat itself. You're not going to win with a guy taking 24 dribbles and shooting a jump shot at the end of shot clock, whether it goes in now or not, because eventually he will miss, as he's done the past couple of seasons, and we'll see. Now, am I hoping that they do? I am. I'm a big James Harden fan. I, I, I think the man has been consistently torching the NBA offensively for the past six seasons, and I, I respect that. Now... With that being said, is it the right way to play basketball? Absolutely not. Will it work in the playoffs? Who who knows? Did you see what he did to Kawhi? Man almost broke off his arm, bro. <laughs> what are you doing? He's dribbling and cuffs his arm around his arm and goes like that and then gets a foul. Are you crazy? That's Don't a, do that. That's smart offense. No, that's player. not that's not smart offense. It is. It is smart offense. That's ridiculous. <laughs> No, it's only because it's Kawhi. If that was if that was someone else that you didn't really like or care for, you wouldn't be saying this. That's smart off. That's smart offense. No, the smart. Not. He is a great offensive player, and there's no arguing that. I'm so, I'm, unfortunately, there's no arguing that. And they have a they have a supporting cast around him that's going to do well. Russell Westbrook is a better fit than Chris Paul is. Hundred percent. Absolutely not. Wow. Absolutely not. All Put right. some respect on Chris Paul's name. Are you crazy? Think about what Chris Paul did for that team. They were a hamstring injury away from potentially being NBA champions. Okay. Chris Paul did a lot for that team. Okay. A lot. Right. So just because. There was a, a little rift between... And is, Jim- is, is, is Russell Westbrook not a better player than Chris Paul? No. Wow. No. Russell Westbrook is one of the most overrated superstars in NBA history. Okay? Why is he overrated? Because he averages a triple-double and everyone wants to crown him. Crown He's him. not that good. Crown him what? He's not that good. He's not that good what? He's not that good. He hurts your team a lot more than he helps you. Most really? Times. Yes. Hmm, that's interesting. Yes. So how does a guy who hurts you go all the way to the NBA Finals at the age of 23? How does a guy who hurts you have multiple uh, 50 wins? Uh, he had, it's called having Kevin Durant. Okay, and when, they, and when he left? When he left and it was just him at OKC? What? What? what they, they barely made the playoffs? They, they didn't barely make anything. They got to the playoffs, Bryce. So if you're, if you're having winning seasons with a guy who's hurting you, who's a detriment, how is that possible? Russell Westbrook will never... Hear me. Will never, ever, ever in his career be the number one option on a championship team ever. That's that, that and I think that's okay. That's why he went to Houston. Let he's me, a he's a number two option. Let me take it to the next level. Russell Westbrook will never be the second option on a championship team. I disagree with that. No way. Okay. No way. Especially this fit. This just doesn't work. 
Like, in the great words of Charles Barkley, you got James Harden up at the top of the key, dribble, 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 dribble. And then what's going to happen? Russell Westbrook sitting in the corner and can't hit a, hit a three to hit save his life. Right. And the defense is just going to help. Well, it so, seems to be working. They're 12 and 6. Like I said, <laughs> they will be a good regular season team. Right. But they're not doing anything in the playoffs. We'll see. They will not do anything. We will see. They're not a contender, by the way. I don't know if I needed to, to say that. Or they not. are a contender. No. Okay. Well, we'll see. We will see. Right. You should put some money on that the same way you did with the Raptors last year, right? When you bet me. <laughs> when I picked the Celtics and you had the Raptors and you said, no, I have to see about Kawhi's injury first, right? You just want to put men's on blast here, I, right? I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, yo, if you're that confident, you know, we put a little something, something on it after. We'll discuss after oh, the perfect. podcast. Yeah, all right. I appreciate your insight, sir. Hey, my pleasure. That's what I'm here for. So let's talk about... Since we talked about Kawhi for a second there, let's talk about my guy, Kawhi Leonard. We already discussed him, though. No? no, no, no. We're going to oh. talk about the Clippers. Oh. And what we want to talk about is load management. And here's what we're going to talk about. Kawhi Leonard has been sitting out second nights of back-to-back or first nights of back-to-back. Top-tier players are all playing between 36 and 39 minutes a game. Right. Kawhi's averaging 31 or 32 minutes a game. Perfect. All right? So... Are you okay with, one, him sitting out, yeah. the amount of games that he is, yeah. and the fact that he's basically told the Clippers, I'm not playing over 32 minutes. I don't care if it's a close game. I, I don't care. I'm not <laughs> playing. No, it, that's, that is the reality of the situation. I see. So he's, he's told the Clippers that. Yes. You know that for a fact. I'm connected, man. Don't worry. Oh, okay. He's I not see. playing more than 32 minutes a game. Okay. And that's a stipulation that he's had. Okay. Are you okay with that based on... Not only being a fan, wanting to come to see a game. Yeah, I was going to no- say from a from a you know I mean from a, a fan perspective, I think that sucks. I think you know you're paying your hard earned money to go watch this guy play, and he's not always going to play. But I also think from his perspective, I'm a two time NBA champion. I'm the only player to win you know I mean a championship in both conferences. Um, I went all the way to the finals last year. I was a catalyst for my team last year. I'm trying to do the same thing here in LA. So I'm going to save myself. Yes, I. I, I from a fan perspective, it sucks, but from his perspective, I don't care. He, I think he, he's earned the right to do whatever the hell he wants to do because he's probably one. He's top two player in the world right now. So, um, he's he's the best player in the world, and I mean he's top top two player in the world right now. You're you're gonna you're you just don't want to give that title to you know Giannis, but Giannis is he he is he is one, he is the best player in the world. Okay, so let me ask you this, Warren. Right, a guy who played professionally overseas. Sure. Did the things that you did, okay? Sure. You have one player yeah. who you might think is the better player, but the other guy has done it at the peak moments yeah. in the finals yeah. when the team needed him. Yeah. But that other guy who is very talented, and no, but has never done it. And like four years younger. And has never done it, though. Right. You're, you're still going to give it to Giannis? Because Giannis doesn't take days off. Giannis can't. Take days off, and the Bucks are still number one in the. If Giannis doesn't do it every single night, they don't have a chance. The Clippers okay. don't need Kawhi to do that every night. Let me, Same thing with the Raptors. Let me give you another analogy, okay, okay Warren? Sure. Guys guarding you, okay? Right. You're overseas. This you and this guy are the top two players in, in the world, okay? Okay. But this guy that that you're playing against cannot score on you. You, you end up guarding him in the playoffs and locking him up. You sure. lock him up. Sure. You come into the next year. Is there any way that that guy can be ranked higher than you? Okay, so let me, Hell give, no. let me give you another scenario. Let me give you another scenario, okay? 
Jordan, so Jordan, right? Jordan would play against the, the Pistons. He would get locked up by the team. Jordan played every single night, the same and hard as he possibly could. Giannis plays every single game as hard as he can because the man literally has come from nothing, okay? He plays as hard as he can. And sometimes, Bryce, people get tired. And part of getting locked up is fatigue because you're mentally exhausted because, you know, double and triple teams are coming. And I'm not saying that Kawhi didn't, you know, didn't lock up Giannis last year. But I also know that there are other factors that that hindered Giannis. Okay. From, you know what I'm saying? From, from doing what he's doing. But I think Giannis is going to learn how to adapt to those situations and continue to dominate. Because without him on the Bucks right now, the Bucks are worse than, worse than Golden State. So for me to say that he's not the best player in the world, they're winning. He does it all. He does it all every night. End of story. No. You, you, need, you need to realize that Kawhi Leonard, no one played more minutes than Kawhi Leonard in the playoffs. That guy literally couldn't come off for more than a minute, two minute stretches, and then he came right back in and he played on one leg, pretty sure, much. Sure. Okay. So, but did he? But did he do it for an entire season? He was he was injured. <laughs> did he do it? Did he do it for eighty two games and then go in the playoffs and then you know what? Do it again. Giannis has yo. They lost Malcolm Brogdon. They lost key players, and they're still number one in the East because of oh the man. He gives effort every single night. You cannot respect that, Bryce. You cannot it, discredit that. It's not about discrediting. It's just I think Kawhi Leonard's the better player. So he may be the better player overall right now, but yes. in terms of who's doing more for their team, yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. So we got a little off track there because you didn't want to put respect on on my guy Kawhi Leonard's yeah. name, but that's okay. Right. In terms of load management, I have no problem with it because. I know that Kawhi Leonard is going to give every ounce of effort, blood, sweat, and tears come playoff time, and he'll play 48 minutes a game if he has to. He, he literally does not care. He'll play the whole game. Right. And that's the respect I have for him because it'd be different if it's like you're only playing 32 minutes, you're sitting back-to-backs, and then you come to the playoffs, and you're still kind of like not, not like playing full minutes. Like if a team needs you, if you're down a little bit and they go on a run and you need to come back in a little bit earlier... Kawhi literally in the playoffs was like, I'll sit off for 30 seconds and come back right back in. He mm-hmm. did. So I respect him for that, and that's why I don't have a problem with it, especially the fact that he's a two-time champ. He just he just took a team that had never won a championship over the hump. Right, by sitting out half the games uh, that year. So, I mean, he doesn't really have an excuse to be tired. Right. We can agree to disagree. Um, so I want to touch on LaMelo Ball really quickly. So... Mm-hmm. This is an individual who, in recent memory, four, three, four years ago, scored 95 points, <laughs> played no defense, and people were really just thought he had no shot of ever being an NBA player, mm-hmm. right? And fast forward to now, uh, he didn't end up going to college, ended up going right to Australia to play professionally. Mm-hmm. He recorded a triple-double twice in the last week. Yep. And he is projected to be a top three pick right now and is in the running for being number the number one. one pick in the draft. Yeah. So I want to get your thoughts on, one, LaMelo Ball in general. And do you think he his upside, or just in general, do you think he's going to be better than Lonzo Ball? I think he's better than Lonzo Ball right now. I think, that, I think that's safe to say. Uh, 
not a better defender. Alonzo Ball is probably the best defender. Um, not probably. He is the best defender in that family. And one of the best defenders in the league, uh, you know, um, at his position. But LaMelo's younger. He's also a little bit taller. His basketball IQ is better. He's a better shooter. And, you know, fortunately, his, his playmaking ability is top-notch. I think his, his IQ is what, is what, to me, makes him um, leaps and bounds ahead of anyone else. And I think he'll have the same effect that, you know, Luca did. I think, I think he'll come to the NBA. He'll torch. And then he'll just get better and better as time goes on. He'll get a little bigger, a little stronger. And he'll torch the same way Luca is. I think he had the first triple-double, the first real triple-double in the world this year. If you want to include him in the category, because an NBA triple double is not what it used to be. I don't care what no one says. Um, and Lamelo is doing that in a forty-minute game, faster pace, harder defense against much more physical men. Like he's a kid; he's seventeen years old and skinny and scrawny, and doing this against grown men who are in their thirties. He plays with Kyle Anderson. Kyle Anderson's like a twelve-year NBA veteran who plays in that league now. And you know what I'm saying? Aaron and, Brooks, right? Josh Boone, right? And that and their pick and pop game is incredible. So just seeing him on that team, I'm telling you, it's it is it is not it is not the same. Yeah. So what I the biggest thing I took away from from watching Lamelo overseas is how his creativity that he learned as a kid. So the fact that the way he played basketball, the way that like Lavar allowed them to play, was kind of like it seems like helter skelter. Like there's no structure to it, but it's helped Lamelo at the next level because. He's so creative off the ball screen that he's doing certain things like, uh, I'm like, how did you even learn to do that, right? One-handed passes and this and that and just just very creative. And he just, he has all the tools to be a great player in today's NBA. I'm not going to say he's better than Lonzo Ball right now because the reality is you don't know how players are going to develop when they go to the NBA. You just don't know. You said it yourself. When people get drafted, they have all this hype, but you never know how that's going to translate. I can't say that right now, but I do think that at this pace, there's no doubt to me he's going to be better than than Lonzo. Because I think his 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 age is is what is what gives him the biggest factor, and the fact that he's already played in a professional setting, it's not like yeah. he's not going to be intimidated by anything. You know what I'm saying? Because he's played in loud arenas now. He's played with grown men. Ain't they ain't that much bigger in the NBA? And NBA, I don't care what no one says. It's easier to score in the NBA than it is in Europe. Yep. It's it's designed for you to score forty. Isn't you in Europe? You ain't getting shit. And Americans, <laughs> American players in a foreign country, they ain't getting no calls. Yeah. Trust me. So I'm telling you, like he's getting twelve rebounds at six six at age seventeen. That takes a lot of effort. Ten or more assists, a lot of effort in a in a forty minute game, and then having games of twenty five points. The pace of that game means it's going up and down, and he's required to make quick decisions. And a, to get a seventeen year old kid to make quick decisions at any level. Even in high school level, yeah, it's very difficult. He's very mature too. Like it, I, I, wa- I watch him, and like he doesn't like even not when he, do- phased he, or he, he doesn't like it's not, it's, he doesn't celebrate. It's it, not like he doesn't. Nothing. He's never too high, too low. He just kind of like plays. And that's 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 what I'm trying to say. And then you got guys like Melo who are 34. Every time Melo scores, he's hitting his head. And you got a guy like Lamelo. Lamelo did a, a layup. He he, you know, like yo, this guy got in the lane. He did some reverse layup, crazy layup. He the ball went in the basket, and he just stopped. And went to his man. He didn't. He just turned his body and looked at his man. Like he didn't. He didn't retreat. You know, like me, I have a bad habit of doing that. I'll shoot the ball and I'll be mid midway at the foul line. You know what I'm saying? And and the ball's still in the air. I'm already gone. 
thinking that, you know what, it's probably going in. Melo will score and he'll just be right up, like next play yeah. at 17. That's, you know, that, that is an innate thing, mm-hmm. and that's something that makes him special. Just think about when he gets to 20, showing no emotion, like, yo, he's going to be really good. So do we got to give credit to LeVar? Like, cause think about it this way, okay? Legit, at this point, it seems pretty likely that he's going to have two, two kids that are top two or three, top three picks in, a, yeah. in the NBA. Two yeah. of his three sons. Uh, bro, I think LeVar Ball, when he came out, tried to change the game with the shoe thing, did that, right? Try, he tried his best. He got his son to the NBA by running his mouth in a public forum, and then he went quiet. He, like, then he sent his son to Russia. To go play in Russia for a little bit, or, Lithu- or, or, or sorry, sorry, Lithuania, whatever, same thing. Okay, sent his son there. He plays over there. He gets huge praise and huge, you know, again, it's killing over there. He comes back here, skips school, and says, "You're gonna go play in Australia now." Give him credit, bro. You have to, and and not not only that, but black men don't get enough credit for being present in their son's life. And now Lavar is overly active, and he's still getting criticized for that. Yeah. What's fascinating about this whole thing is like, it's just like what LeVar believes and LeVar will say something that people think is ridiculous, like Lonzo's better than Steph Curry or something. You know how many parents think that about their, their, their kids, kids? But they don't just, they don't have the platform to, to say, say it. it. Right. Yeah. Like if, if I'm, if that's my kid, I'm going to believe the world, world of him. Exactly. Why am I not going to think he's better than Steph Curry? And Ooh. even if it's not true... It doesn't. Need, it doesn't matter. I I can believe that. No, but aren't the parents supposed to be the most delusional ones when it comes to their kids? Exactly. You know what I mean? That's, exactly. They're the ones who are supposed to believe in them more than they more believe than in them. And that's what I'm trying to tell you. And that for a black man to do that, he's getting criticized for that. You know what I mean? So yeah. But you know what? Honestly, it is what it is. And I think Lavar has has switched the way that he's approaching things now. And I think Lamel's going to have that opportunity to to be more of his own man, whereas Lonzo wasn't. So it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, but LeVar Ball is the Chris Kardashian of basketball. He's a genius. <laughs> he is the he, same way Khloe Kardashian's mother is a genius. She is a marketing genius. She made all of her children world famous, have their own makeup lines, making a billion dollars before the age of twenty, and whatever all that other stuff. LeVar Ball has two of his sons in the NBA, and don't be surprised if Jello does something, you know, I mean, down the line too. Like there's always something for him. The, the family has money, and I cannot knock. The man's effort and what he's done to get his children to the highest level in the world. That's all that matters. I agree. All that matters. That is a good point. So we are out of time. Of course. I'm hungry. Let's go eat. We got to eat. I'm starving. We got to eat. I appreciate you jumping on. Always, man. Uh, Listeners, make sure you like and subscribe. Like. Locker Room Talk Tuesdays, 1030. That as well. TV co-op. That's right. Stream. Live stream. Live stream, man. It's the future of television. You know, get on it now. It's the Netflix of TV. Get on it now. You'll see in a couple years, you know, where it goes. Uh, I'm still waiting to get another invite on the show, you know? I, I already invited you. I think I brought too much. <laughs> did you? <laughs> I, did. I already invited you. Nice try. All right. Appreciate All right. the time. No problem. My pleasure.